Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go. So if you have a Bible today, we're going to be in, uh, let's see, we're going to start in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And while you turn it there, I'm going to pray. If you don't have it, it's all good. We'll put it on the screen. While you turn it there, I'm going to pray. Lord, thank you again for this day. God bless it. I thank you for being with us. I thank you for speaking through us. Jesus, you are, Lord, you are a great redeemer, our glorious Savior. Lord, just like the song says, your name is higher than the rising sun. Lord, and we worship you. Thank you that your presence was already here. You're, om- you're omnipresent, God. We don't have to invite you in, Lord. You're everywhere. Lord, so right now we just rest in you today. We rest in you and we submit to what you're going to do and how you want to do it. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, speak through me and echo your heart today. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. Amen. So if you're like me, your flesh doesn't like to hear the spiritual word, which is fasting. <clears throat> but see, the daily war that you and I, uh, the daily war that you uh, will find yourself in the trenches is it's never uh, it's never a war with uh, between you and your boss. The daily war that we find ourselves in the trenches in, it's never you versus your boss. It's never you versus your ex-spouse. It's never you versus your spouse. It's never vers- it's never you versus your job. It's not you versus your church or community. As a follower of Jesus Christ, the daily war that we have is you versus you. As a follower of Jesus Christ, the daily war, the war that you will engage in every day is you, your born-again nature versus your flesh. Amen? Amen. The daily daily war that you will have is your born-again nature versus your flesh. You know, it's easy. Kelsey said it for herself, but for me, like, I, I've, been, I've been saving. Oh, Lord, I, and I, I get excited thinking about this. My flesh gets excited thinking about this. But I've been queuing up uh, different shows that I'm like, all right, you know, I was going to start on the new year. I was going to start on the new year watching this show and just things happen. I'm like, it's okay, because I got Sunday. It's all good. You know, I had already made this plan in my head, you know, going to go home, uh, fire up a cup of coffee. Kick back, going to put the kids in the nap, kick back and watch, you know, all these different shows and just vibe out. And that's what my flesh wants to do. But, you know, spiritually, and there's not, and please hear me, there's nothing wrong with watching shows. You know, I grew up with uh, having friends that belonged to certain denominations to where they couldn't watch shows. And I was like, God, I thank you that you've given us liberation. You know, you're not, you're not like that. But at the end of the day, like I could watch shows or I could feed my spirit man. You know, I, at the end of the night, I can still watch the shows, but there's nothing wrong. I mean, I, at the throughout the day, my my natural man is going to get fed. You know, I'm already thinking about what I'm going to eat for lunch. When I woke up this morning, I was thinking about what I was going to eat. I'm trust me, the natural man is going to eat. We all understand our natural selves we're going to eat, but there's nothing wrong with feeding our spiritual self. Amen. Amen. There's nothing wrong with you know what I. Let me, these shows can wait. Let me set aside 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Start off slow. One of my, uh, this, this one book that I started reading, they, the author encourages to do this when it comes to exercising, to do this two-minute, the, the two-minute exercise to where, like, uh, you, you increase everything by two minutes. You know, if you're going to start running, you, you run for two minutes and then stop. 
run for two minutes and stop until you completed the 30-minute goal that you had or whatever. Then, you know, uh, the next day, you increase it by two more minutes, so four-minute running. You're running for four minutes, stop. Run for four minutes, stop. Run for four minutes, stop. And you just increase it by two. So there's nothing wrong with going slow, but as long as you were intentionally taking time out to feed your spirit, man. Amen? Feed that, feed, feed the, feed that born again nature. Like I said, as followers of Jesus, the war that you will, that you will uh, engulf in every day is your born again nature versus your flesh. So as Jesus followers, aka followers of the way, there is a discipline that we willingly should be doing. We willingly should be doing this discipline. And Jesus talks about it in Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18 in the Christian Standard um, Bible. That's, that's what I'm going to be reading out of today. And then at the end, we'll switch over to the New Living. And I love this. This is the Beatitudes. I love it. Does anybody know why? Kelsey used to get so, she used to roll her eyes at this when I do it in youth ministry. But does anybody know why it's written in red? Jesus said it. That is, that is the main reason. But guess what? There's another reason. You know why it's written in red? Because it's meant to be red. You get it? Get it? Got it. There we go. <laughs> don't, don't give me that look. Don't give me that. It's written in red because it's meant to be red. Okay. You know what? All the teenagers react the same way. So, so if you don't think. Uh-huh. Yeah, and also, if you ever like, man, I'm old, but like, nope, you're young because the young people still react the same way to that joke. So, okay, whatever. Anyways, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, the Beatitudes, and hopefully this year we'll do a sermon series on the Beatitudes because the Beatitude is the best attitude to have. But verse 16, whenever, Jesus said, whenever you, somebody say I, I. whenever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces so that their fasting is obvious to people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. We're going to go all the way to verse 18. But Jesus said, but when you fast, somebody say I. I. When you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting isn't obvious to others, but to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Somebody say amen. Can I, can I read that one more time? Because it's just so good. Verse 16, Jesus said, Whatever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so that their fasting is obvious to people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. Mm. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. Somebody say, wash your face. <laughs> so that your fasting isn't obvious to others, but to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. The reason Jesus said this for multiple reasons, but in this day when the Pharisees, I don't know if you've ever watched in the chosen, this is definitely one of the things that they got right. There's one scene where it shows that a couple of disciples are walking through the town and it showed that there were some of the people of the temple standing, standing in the middle of the street, just praying out loud. Just praying out loud and quoting scripture, quoting the Torah. Now, you may say, Linda, what's wrong with this? Well, they weren't doing this in order for, to, to get people to be aware of God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No, they were, getting, they were trying to get people's attention so they can see them and see, oh, look how holy they are. Oh, man, they know a lot of scripture. 
and, you know, I, growing up and even to this day, I know people. I know people, they don't go around, you know, standing in the middle of the street. But, you know, we uh, occasionally we can look online and see people posting scripture or posting different things that they know. And unfortunately, a lot of times when people do that, sometimes their, their heart behind it is the same as the Pharisee toward just, hey, look at me. Look what I know. Look, 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 look what I know. Look what the Lord has shown me. And at times we've all been guilty of that. We've all found ourselves in that position. But Jesus said that if uh, if you're going to fast, don't announce it. Don't disfigure your face, because see, in this day, when they would fast, they would put they would put sackcloth on their head. They would take ashes, ashes and dump it on their head. They wouldn't wash their face, wouldn't 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 wash up. They'd be smelling, looking bad, disfigure their face, wouldn't smile. And when people, when people saw that, they knew, oh, that person must be fasting. Now, they didn't do this because they were in mourning. They did this because they wanted people to look at them and know that they were fasting. They wanted that attention. They wanted that reward. And guess what? Jesus said, that is their reward. And see, and, and Loki, just for me, Loki, when, uh, I, I cringe when I hear people say, I'm fasting. You know, outside of outside of the outside of the, uh, you know, the collective of believers together. I understand when we're in, in here together, like, man, how's that fast going? Nothing wrong with that. Don't cringe at that. How's that? Because we're hoping to encourage. Well, phew, I made this meal and it didn't work. Well, did you try that? Oh, I didn't try that. Let me let me try this. And, and we encourage each other as believers of Jesus. But outside of that, a lot of times I cringe when I hear somebody say, I'm just I'm fasting for Jesus. Or, or when I get on social media and I see people say, I'm about to take a fast, goodbye. And you don't hear from them like 30 days and then they come back up on, my fast was great, social media fast was great, I missed everybody but I'm back. I'm like, that's your reward. There's no heavenly reward for that. I mean, yes, you get a lot of lights, you get a lot of follows, you get a lot of hand claps, you get a lot of pats on the bats, but you don't get no applause from heaven. You don't get a, a, a heavenly eternal reward. And that's what Jesus said. It, it, you know, we, we, can, we have two options. We can accept the applause of men and the silence from heaven. Or watch this. Or we can accept the applause from heaven and the silence from man. I'm going to say that again. We have two options. We can accept the applause of man and, and receive the silence from heaven. Or we can receive the applause from heaven and the silence from man. And I'll be honest, yes, I'm young, but I'm, I, I've been through enough to realize that I only want the applause of heaven. I've seen too many people come and go in my life to the point I've, I've, I come, I've come to the realization, just like King David, I only want the applause of heaven. I only want the applause of heaven. I will receive compliments, but at the end of the day, I only want the applause of heaven. I want to be like Stephen to the point that he, he looks up and can see the Son of God stand up. The only time we see in the New Testament where Jesus stands up from his seat and applaud Stephen, applaud him for reflecting the glory of God. Fasting is a spiritual discipline where you and I give up food or something else for a period of time in order to focus our thoughts on Abba. Obviously, we all know this, but just give us some just give us some con, uh, some context. Fasting is a spiritual discipline. I love that word spiritual discipline. It makes me think of karate. I remember when I was a kid, the first time dad showed me the karate kid and I was like, what is this? He's like, well, Lindsay, karate is a discipline. And I never forgot that. I was like, ooh, a discipline. 
just just makes it sound vigorous, makes it sound adventurous, makes it sound. The reason fasting is a discipline because it requires obedience. See, karate isn't just something as much as I would love to. Karate isn't just something I could wake up or it's not something that uh, any of us in here can just wake up and be like, you know what, I'm going to do karate and you're just a kung fu master. It's, no, it's something that requires obedience and self-discipline. Fasting is not something that you could just wake up tomorrow morning and be like, ooh, I'm going to fast and you just crush it. No, you're going to wake up and be like, I'm going to fast. And then that's, you know, you're going to be driving through town and every food truck that don't belong in Lexington is going to be right here on West Church Street with, with big old neon signs saying, first 100 customers get a free meal. And you'd be like, there ain't no 100 people this, up this early in the morning. Let's say, I'm, I'm about to get a free meal. And they say, you get that free meal, you're like, ah, you know what, I'll fast lunch or I'll fast tomorrow. No, fasting is a discipline. It requires uh, obedience, self-discipline. So watch this. Fasting is not magic beans that spark a magical life. Fasting, it's not magical beans. We all remember that story from a kid, you know, uh, what was it, Jack and the giant beanstalk. You know, he throwing the magic beans and the stock grow, and he was able to go transcend and go to a new world. Fasting is not that. Fasting doesn't create uh, a fast track to, to God. Fasting is it's not the key to you bossing up and living your best life. So I guess I should have gave this warning. Should we should have passed out pillows and stuff to 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 cover your toes because this is one of those messages where it's not it's not it's it doesn't tickle the ears. It doesn't tickle the ears, but the Bible actually warned us of those that preach the messages that tickle the ears to be weary and stay far away from them. So guess what? If you come close, you're in good company. But fasting is not magic beans. It's not, it doesn't spark a magical life. It's not the key to you bossing up and living your best life. Fasting is not magical. It's not manipulation. Fasting is a discipline. Fasting is a choice. It is a discipline. And Jesus said, when you fast. So therefore, if Jesus said, when you fast, then if we're going to follow him, at some point in our life, you are going to need to fast. He didn't say, if you fast. He didn't say, oh, you know what, if you, if you want to fast. He said, when you fast, when you make the decision to give either food or something up for me, this is the way you do it. I love that phrase. Somebody say, this is the way. This month, we're starting next Sunday. We'll start our fast next Sunday for those that want to. It's not required. We're not going to come to your house and kick the door in and slap you with the Bible if you ain't fasting something. But as a collective, as this church, we are going to be, uh, we, we will be uh, starting our 21-day fast starting next Sunday. Sun up. Sun up. Everybody say sun up. Sun up. So from sun up all the way to, so January 9th to the 29th. Sundown on the 29th. That way that Sunday, guess what? Sun up. God is like, here's your coffee. I'm like, oh, yes it is, God. Hallelujah. But, uh, or whatever it is you're going to fast. But um, also starting this month, we'll be starting a sermon series called This is the Way. This is the Way. You know, the, you know uh, when, Jesus, when Jesus ascended up to heaven, you know, the disciples, they weren't called Christians. They were called followers of the way. The way. You know why? Because there was no other way to live. They were followers of the way. And we're going to start a sermon series called This is the Way. Because at the end of the day, we need, there, there's a right way to live. There's a right way to parent. There's a right way to be single. There's a right way to date. There is a right way to be in a relationship. There's a right way to marry. There's a right way to be an employee or employer. There's a right way, watch this, to be the church. 
There's a right way to be the light in the community. There's a right way to have our fingerprint. There's a right way to reflect God in Henderson County and in Lexington. Everybody in this room, we know way too many people to not be reflecting the glory of God. You know, I get, and this ain't in the notes, and I really need to get back to the notes so we can get on it. But I, for some reason, there's a part of me that gets it. I know why. There's a part of me that gets excited when I go to Walmart. And used to, I wasn't excited about going to Walmart because I didn't know who I was going to run into. I'm like, uh, uh. And I loved wearing the mask because I could just hide. And, and when we lived in Florida, I could put my mask on and hide, and nobody knew it was me. I remember I put my mask on. First time we go to Walmart, this, this lady and her kids, I didn't even know who it was. Later on, I ran into her again, and I found out who it was. Lady kids was like, oh, hey, Lindsay and Kels. I'm like, oh, snap. First off, she's calling Kelsey Kels. So, therefore, that's somebody close, close, a close cousin, a close cousin. <laughs> Second, that's a cousin, <laughs> most likely. Third, oh, we can't hide under the mask. <laughs> oh, we can't hide under the mask. So... But I, now I get excited because I look, I look and see, okay, who am I going to run into? I wonder, God, is, is, this somebody, is this somebody that eventually will start coming to church? Or better, is this somebody that you will give me the opportunity to be a light to? Whether it's, whether it's and, and when I say be a light to, I'm not saying that this is somebody I'm going to get to just give five points of the Romans road or any kind of theological sermon within five minutes to them and get them saved. No, no, no. Is this somebody that I'm going to get the opportunity to just change their day? within two minutes or a minute or 30 seconds by making them feel better, uplift them. Is this somebody I'm going to get to sow a seed and then we'll get to see it grow over time? I get excited about those, those encounters, those moments. Watch this. Fasting is not currency required by God in order for him to love you more and bless you more. Fasting is not currency. It's not, it's not, it's not a requirement in order for God to love you more or bless you more. God loves you because he loves you. God blesses because he's a good God. Fasting, like I said earlier, fasting is a discipline. <clears throat> fasting is a discipline. Amen? So fasting is, let me reread this. Fasting is a spiritual discipline where we give up food or something else for a period of time in order, in order, in order to focus our thoughts on God. In order to focus our thoughts on God, fasting helps silence. Fasting will help silence or lower the screams of your flesh. Fasting will help silence or lower the screams of your flesh. So you can hear God's voice and sense his leading more clearly. Fasting will silence or lower the screams of your flesh so you can hear the voice of God and sense his leading more clearly. It's like the radio. I don't know if anybody still listens to radio now because we can stream everything on our phones. But I remember growing up before all that, you know, the radio was very popular. It'd be nothing to get in. Uh, uh, I have this mental image of uh, one point in my life. I don't know if you remember this, Dad. You had this brown Buick. You remember that brown Buick? I loved it because as a kid, it was the first car I ever got into where, like, when you started and turned the radio on, the antenna would come up. And I'll, it made me feel like the Batman car. I don't know why. It just made me feel. So I would always, as soon as he started the car, I'd turn the radio up just so I could watch that. Doo, 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 boom. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, all right, let's go. And, you know, with radio, there's a lot of static. There's a lot of white noise. There's that shh. So you have to turn the dial. And when you finally turn the dial to the right station, when you're close enough to the station and you turn the dial in sync with the station, all the static cuts out and you can hear clearly what's always been broadcasted. 
watch this, that radio station, they didn't start broadcasting when we got in the car. It was always broadcasting a signal. Just the static was always covering it up. So you had to tune the dial just right. That's what fasting does. God is constantly speaking. Hebrews 1 says that uh, there was a time in the life where he would speak through the prophets. Now he echoes his love for us through his son. So he is always speaking. He's always saying something. But fasting allows us to turn that dial on that, on that static of our life. On those insecurities allows us to turn the dial of the screams of our flesh, the screams of the insecurities, the screams of what people said to us over and over, the screams of the rumors, the screams of the enemy allows us to turn all that stuff down so we can hear what God has been saying all along. Amen. Fasting helps silence and lowers the screams of our flesh so we can hear God's voice and sense his leading more clearly. Watch this. Fasting, Kelsey said it best. When she said this, I was like, come on, God, because I already got that. Fasting doesn't move God. It moves you. Amen. Fasting doesn't move God. It moves you. God isn't sitting up in heaven with the clipboard just waiting. You know, he's got all these little tallies and saying, oh, all right, Miranda, just fasted. Michael, throw the blessing down. <laughs> throw it down, throw it down, down, send it on down, send it on down, send it on down. We need to fill some holy drops from. Hey! He isn't like that the moment that you fast. All right. He's not like that. Fasting doesn't move God, it moves you. Why are we discussing this? Because we live in a world. This is why fasting for us is important. Because watch, we live in the world now in 2022. I'm st I still want to say 2021, so it's going to take a minute. But we live in the world now. The best way to describe it, I'm going to give you four ways to describe the world, the society that we live in now. Watch this. We live in a world that says marriage can be polyamorous. We live in a world that says modesty is a form of oppression. We live in a world that says the fast track is always the right track. We live in a world that says genders can be altered. And we live in a world that says God is an outdated folklore. That's the type of world we live in. And the reason that we fast is so we can turn all that noise down. And so we can hear God clearly. Because I'll be honest, every time I turn on news, that's what I see. Every time I turn on the TV, that's what I say. On oh, commercials on Christmas Day, I'm having to cover our kids' eyes because there's commercials that they don't need to be looking at because that's the type of world that they live in right now. A world that is opposite of God, a world that is, that is veering back to Babylon, that is veering back to Sodom and Gomorrah ways, that's, veering, that's, veering, that's, that's, that's uh, applauding their Babylonic uh, mindset and desires. A world that is opposite of God. That's the type of world we live in. And we, and we join in and we fast because we want to be able to turn all that noise down so we can hear God clearly. <clears throat> That's why we fast. That's why we fast. So therefore, if you fast, if you fast the question comes to, not can, not, not can I go for 21 days, but... How much do I want to turn the noise down? How bad do I want to turn the noise down? How bad do I want to hear God clearly? How bad do I want to, how bad do I want God to show me how to parent the right way? How bad do I want God to show me how to be single the right way or what to do in this singleness while I'm waiting for him to send along my significant other? How bad do I want God to show me how to be the best spouse? How bad do I want God to show me how to be the right type of employee to my employer? Or whatever the case may be, whatever the body of ocean that you are navigating in this life. 
How bad do we want God to show us the way we're supposed to live? Man, I want it so bad. Okay, well, if you want it so bad, you'll fast. And this isn't one of those messages where I'm trying to guilt you into fasting. I'm trying to say, listen, this, our actions show God who we truly are. Our actions show the community who we truly are. We can say we're for Letson County or Letson, uh, Letson, Tennessee. We can say we're for Henderson County. But if we never, if we never go out and be a light to the community, it doesn't say anything. It doesn't say anything. <clears throat> so uh, let, let's go over to Isaiah chapter five or chapter fifty-eight. Excuse me. Whenever you get a minute, Isaiah chapter fifty-eight. But Jesus, while you're turning there, Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 6 on how to fast, verses 16 through 18. But in Isaiah chapter 58, verses 1 through 9 in the New Living Translation, there's a story that happens. And as you're getting it there, understand this. The the history of Isaiah, I want to read this. Isaiah, um, the history of the book in chapters 1 through 39 uh, you can, when if you ever read in there, you can see where uh, Isaiah accused Israel's leaders of rebelling against God. And then in chapters 1 through 39, we see God's judgment on the kingdom of Israel and how it would come crashing down with different towns would overthrow uh, the nation of Israel. However, Isaiah's hope was for a new purified Jerusalem where God's kingdom would have restored through the future Messiah King, a.k.a. Jesus, and that all nations would come together. That's in chapters 40 through, uh, that's in chapters 40 through 46. <clears throat> and then Isaiah's hope that Israel, the nation of Israel, will become God's servant. And instead of Israel sharing the hope, they complained and, and said to the Lord, um, God does not hear us. God does not hear our calls. God does not honor our worship. So in chapters 41 through 47, God responds to the doubts of the nation of Israel. In chapter 48, God disqualifies them um, because after he explained what he was trying to do, they still didn't believe in him. So their doubts invoked God to disqualify them for what he wanted to do. What are your doubts disqualifying you from what God wants to do in your life? What are your doubts disqualifying what God wants to do in your life? In chapters 49 through 55, Isaiah prophesies about God's servant, a.k.a. Jesus. And then chapter 56 through 66, the, king, the, the, the servants inherit God's kingdom. They inherit God's kingdom. So here we are shown, or what we're going to read is in chapter 58, here we are shown the difference between God's servants and, the serv- and people that serve themselves. So in chapter 58, it's the difference between people that follow God and people that follow themselves. Um, in verse 1, <clears throat> shout with the voice of a trumpet blast, shout aloud, don't be timid, tell my people Israel of their sins. God is telling this to Isaiah. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation. That will never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. Watch this. Verse 3. This is what the people are saying back to God. We have fasted before you, they say. Or God still, he's quoting what they've said. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice it. So the people tell God, why have uh, we have fasted before you? Why aren't you impressed with our fast? Why haven't you? uh, Why have you been very hard on us? And why don't you even notice what we're doing? And God says, I will tell you, I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. 
What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds, bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourself with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? Verse 6, no, this is the kind of fasting I want. Watch this. God says, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly in prison. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn. That's why we sung, this is what you do. Hope is rising like the dawn. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Verse 9, then you will call, the Lord will answer. A, then you will call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply, remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. But I love this because uh, what chapter 58 is about, it's about the servants of God. It's about people that are serving God versus people that are serving themselves. And literally when the people say, God, why aren't you honoring my fast? He says, it's because you've been fasting for yourselves. It's because you've been pleasing yourselves. It's because you've been you've been fasting. You've you. Yes, you may have gone without certain foods, but you've gone without certain foods for the wrong reason. You've you've hoped that if you went without certain foods that I will bless you with a car or bless you with whatever these things are. But we don't fast to move God. We don't fast to get God to bless us with stuff. We fast so we can hear what he is saying, because guess what? He has promises and a word for you. But we cannot hear it if throughout the, the mundane static of everything, that all the trash that the world is throwing our way. And God told the nation of Israel, he said, listen, you have been fasting to please yourself. God wasn't honoring their worship and prayers and fast because, watch this, their actions didn't match who they were pursuing. God wasn't honoring what they were. God wasn't honoring their worship. God wasn't honoring the songs that they were singing. God wasn't even receiving their fast. Why? Because their actions didn't match the one they were pursuing. What I mean by that is God is holy. He is sacred. There's, there's angels that, that literally, that they, they, there's, every time they, they circle around God, they see a new side of God. And the only thing that they can muster up out of there is, oh, you're holy. And they go around the throne again and they see a new side of God. Oh. You're holy. God is holy. He is sacred. He is the most holy one. And if we're going to fast, our actions should reflect the one that we're pursuing. Therefore, our action, we can't say, okay, I'm going to fast. I'm going to fast. I'm going to do all these different things. And I'm going to do these in order to get close to a holy God when we're just still pouring trash into our life. We can't say, okay, I want to get close to a holy God, but all this, you know, I, I, I still accept this trash. I still accept people's comments. I still accept people's opinions and let it affect me. I still, I still build my life or build my, or build my uh, confidence on people's applause. You can't do that and, and pursue a holy God. You're either going to pursue a holy God or you're going to pursue people's opinions. You're either going to pursue a holy God who will accept you as you are. As you are, or you are going to accept people's opinions that you got to jump through hoops to get. 
you're going to accept people's applause that you got to jump through hoops, you got to dance a certain way, dress a certain way, talk a certain way, refrain from certain things, not talk about certain things in order to get their acceptance. Or you can be accepted by a holy God. Dr. Tony Evans, he talks about, and in Isaiah chapter 58, he says that the people, they wanted a vertical experience from God without a horizontal touch in the lives of others. See, we can't, we can't say, God, I love you and I'm pursuing you, but then we, we ignore our neighbors. And that's what, that's what they were doing. They were trying to fast. They were trying to, sec- uh, se- they were trying to set aside time with God. They were trying to worship. They were trying to pray, and they were trying to not uh, eat certain foods. But at the same time, while they were doing these things, they were ignoring their neighbors who were in need. They were ignoring their family who was hurting. And that's not the type of fast that God wants. That's why when Lila, when we read in the scripture and it said, this is the type of fast I want. And he mentioned justice and mercy and all these different things. Why? Because God says, listen, if you're going to pursue me, you cannot forget about your neighbor. It's so easy. Every church in America is so focused on within the four walls of its own church. But when God grew the church, when he said, build your church, build your church, build it from the ground. He wasn't talking about, you know what, build a, build a nice four-wall building. He was saying, build, build the collective of believers. Build the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ is not four walls. The bride of Christ is every person that has made the decision to make Jesus Lord of their life. And you'll hear us sing that song probably next Sunday or throughout this month. Build your church. Why? Because this is the way that we are supposed to be living. This is the way we are to fast. This is the way we are to pursue God. This is the way. I remember when I was, when I was dating Kelsey in the very beginning. When in the very beginning, I was trying to do all these different things. Why? Because in my mind, she was beautiful and worthy of it. And still is. If God is worthy of our praise, then our, the way we fast, our commitment to the fast, our commitment to prayers, our commitment to reading scripture should reflect that. If he's worthy, then we should have no problem with setting aside five minutes to read. If he's worthy, then we should have no problem. You know what? I'm not going to eat bacon for 21 days. Okay. Or I'm not going to drink coffee. Or I'm not going to do it. I'm not. Whatever it is, and with each of you, you have to to check your own heart and say, okay, what is it that I don't want to fast? And then, okay, that's what I I probably need to fast. Because I remember remember one time I was like, all right, God, I'm going to fast peas. Peas, purple hole peas, English peas, uh, lima beans, brown beans, white beans, uh, chitlins. I'm going to fast all of it, God. I'm going to fast that. And we all laugh. And for the most part, you're laughing because you know because you're like, well, that, you don't eat those anyway, Lindsay. <laughs> so it ain't a problem for you. <laughs> but if you're like, Lindsay, you probably need to fast bacon. Uh, you ain't God, okay? So don't, don't you be talking for God now. All right, let God tell me that. Or, Lindsay, you need to fast barbecue or chicken. Or, Lindsay, you need to fast coffee. Now, hey, oh, say, what you're not going to do is, what you're not going to do is talk about my coffee. Hershey bars. Or Hershey bars. You ain't got to go there, all right? Nobody asked you to do all that. <laughs> and that's my flesh talking. But that tells, that's an indicator for me. Okay, Lindsay, you find, you, find, uh, you find your strength in those things. So, therefore, that means that you're not finding strength in God. So, therefore, you can choose to find strength in those things or you can... Choose to find strength in a holy God. And that's where I have to make the decision. Okay, God, 
This is a problem. So therefore, let me let me let me fast these things in order to pursue you, in order to restart, in order to reset my my dependency in you. See, a lot of times fasting, we said earlier, yes, fasting isn't moving God. But a lot of times what fasting is going to do is going to re is going to re jump or restart that dependency that you're supposed to have in God. That dependency that we're supposed to have in God, the dependency that we're supposed to have in God, because fasting is a discipline. Fasting is a discipline. So let me ask this question. Do your actions match the one you are pursuing? The next 21 days, will our actions match the one that we are pursuing? Because understand this, God wants a conduit, not a cul-de-sac. You know, that's why God put you on the earth. God put you in Lexington, Tennessee. Henderson County, don't matter if you if you moved here, don't matter if you were from Memphis, Virginia, uh, uh, yeah, Memphis, Virginia, Chicago, uh, Arizona, don't matter where you're from. We are placed here by God Almighty to be conduits, not cul-de-sacs. You know what a cul-de-sac is, don't you? I've always I've I've been reminded what a cul-de-sac is based on my job. But see, I, I when I'm physically driving and working, I love a cul-de-sac because that means that at some point in my life I'm, or some point of the route, I'm going to come to where I'm going to come to the end and then just start right back over again. I'm going to come to the very end. And a lot of times I like to take that moment to I'll get out of the car. I'll stretch my legs. I'll you know pull mail from the back and then re- reassess because I'm at the end. There's nowhere else to go. But see, God, when he placed you in the family that he placed you, at the job that he placed you, he placed you to be a conduit, not a cul-de-sac. Because, see, a cul-de-sac has an end. A cul-de-sac has a cap. A cul-de-sac has a dead end. You go down cul-de-sac, a lot of times you see that sign that says dead end or no outlet. But see, a conduit, a conduit is something that could be flown through. See, God likes to flow his glory through you. But see, if we're being con- if we're being a, a cul-de-sac, then when God gives you revelation, it just ends with you. It just stops with you. It doesn't start. It doesn't go anywhere. It just stays with you. If God blesses you financially, it, if you're being a cul-de-sac, it just stops with you. It, it doesn't get to the community. It doesn't get to loved ones that need it, or does it? Or it doesn't buy food for other people. Last night when I was in the shower, I was thinking of different outreach ideas, and we have some that we'll talk about later this month. But one of the ones the Lord put in my heart. And I'm not pressuring anybody. I didn't even tell Kelsey this because I totally forgot it. But one of the ones that the Lord put in my heart was helping to pay people's electric bill during the winter. Oh, okay. And when I was, when I was uh, in the shower last I was thinking this. I was like, I started saying, okay, God, how can we do that? Because, Lord, I don't, I, I don't work that much. I don't pay that much. And he's like, well, Lindsay, $20 at a time. Like, okay. Okay, God. I mean, that, that made sense. $20 here, $20 there, $20 here, $20 there. And then you just give it. I was like, okay, God, I can do that. But see, that's, that's being a conduit, not a cul-de-sac. Because a cul-de-sac would have been, okay, God, I, I can't do that. I, I don't work that much. So, all right, you got to find somebody else. But a conduit is like, oh, okay, God, I can't do that, but tell me how. And then once he tells you how, then we act on it. Amen. That's the type of fast he wants. That's the type of fast he wants. That's the type of fast that he honors. Watch this. That's the type of fast that heaven applauds. 
And the reason I tell you all is not so you can look at me and give me that applause because I don't want that reward. I'll tell you all because if you feel that in your heart over this time, we can talk about it after service or you can hit me up, text me, call me, whatever. If you feel led, you know what? I think I may do that. I think I may take $20 out of the next few checks and set it aside. And then at the end of the month, we, we, uh, we, call the electric system and figure out, you know, okay, who's, uh, is there anybody that's about to get their lights cut off? Well, we can't pay the whole amount, but here's what we can pay right here. And don't tell them this is from Cooper's Grove and make sure they're here next Sunday. No, 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 no. Just tell them this is a blessing from God. All, all roads should be pointing back to Jesus. Amen. If the road points back to the physical church, then that's the reward itself instead of the heavenly reward that we're promised. I told you it was a heavy message. <clears throat> but we are called to be conduits, not cul-de-sacs. And I encourage you, as you, if you do fast, whatever you fast, whether it's meals, whether it's social media, whether it's TV, whether it's call, whatever it is, I encourage you to keep this as your motivation. God, give me the grace and the strength to be a conduit, not a cul-de-sac. Because this is the beginning of the year, and this is what's going to set the tone for the rest of the year. God, I want to be used by you. I don't, want, I don't want to be the last result. I don't want what you give me. I don't want it to stop with me, but I want it to flow through me. How, how bad of a dad would I be if everything that came in, only, I only kept for me, and I never gave it to my kids? That's God's heart. Abba, he's a father. His desire is everything that he has, it's to flow through He's God. He doesn't need anything. And the fact that he chooses to flow through us is an honor. But where we mess up is a lot of times we take what he gives us and we say, oh, this is, I like, this is for me. And we keep it close by. Instead of saying, I like this, but you know what, God, you can always give this back to me at a later date. Is this for somebody else? Okay, let me, show me how to get there and give it to them. That's the type of fast that he honors. I want to close with this. I really am close. <laughs> I heard you in my head. But fasting is a discipline. I keep saying that, but we got to understand fasting is a discipline. But it, fasting, it helps you and I get our spiritual edge back. Our spiritual edge back. Because we as a church and the body of Christ, we've gotten domesticated with our faith walk. We've gotten domesticated with our faith walk. We've gotten comfortable with, okay, well, there's only going to be a few people here today, so ah, now I'm supposed to be serving, so, you know, I may be a little bit late. Or, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be greeting the door. Ah, you know, they know, they know where the bathroom's at. They know where the envelope, they need a fan is right there. Why I got to be doing this? Ain't nobody coming. We ain't got no guests. They see, I saw them last week at Christmas. They good. Why I got? Why why I gotta follow Pastor Lindsay? Say turn around and say hi. It's good to see. I just saw you yesterday. It's easy to be like that, but one of the reasons I'm I'm going to dip off into the leadership, uh, speaking into you side. The reason one of the reasons I get you to do that is because I want you to be. I want you to have this habit of you're constantly doing that. That way, when we get more people in, it's not it's not a new thing that you have to think about. As soon as somebody comes, man, I'm so glad to see you today. Man, where did that come? I'm used to saying that. But fasting, it helps us get our spiritual edge back. 
because we've gotten domesticated as the as the body of Christ all over the nation but especially in this house we've gotten domesticated with our faith we're used to the same old things we're used to the same old songs we're used to the same old methods to the point that we don't expect God to do anything new if we don't expect him to do anything new he's not going to do anything new because guess what that's the definition of a cul-de-sac he's looking for conduits and if he sees you as a cul-de-sac guess what he's going to skip over and look for a conduit and last time i checked i don't know about you but i don't want him to skip over me bishop paul s morton said the best lord whatever you're doing don't do it without me that's that's what a conduit looks like lord even if 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 you don't bless me financially but you're trying to bless somebody else god please use me i want to be used by you I want you to flow through me. I want you to speak through me. I want you to, Lord, even if I just had to drive it there, Lord, please don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. One of my favorite authors, Mark Batterson, he wrote a book called uh, In a Pit with the Lion on a Snowy Day. It's where we got Kellen's middle name, Benaiah, from. But Mark Batterson, he has this quote. He says this. <clears throat> Keep it together, Lindsay. Keep it together. You can do it. We're almost there. <clears throat> but Mark Batterson, he has this quote, he says, the complete surrender of your Christian life, the complete surrender of your life to the cause of Christ isn't radical, it's normal. It's normal to surrender your complete life to Jesus. And then he says, it's time to quit living as if the purpose of life is to rise safely at death. I remember the first time I read that, I was like, whoa. See, I understand this, you and I, we've been saved, but guess what? To, to only think that we've been saved to the point that we just live this life to arrive safely at death, that's, you're, you're undervaluing your life. Jesus didn't save you just so you can have fire insurance. He didn't save you just so you, when you died, you wouldn't go to hell. Yes, that's, I'm, I'm not saying that he didn't save you so you couldn't, you know, go to heaven. No, 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 what I'm saying is that's not the only reason he saved us. That's not the only reason that God gives us promises. That's not the only reason that his presence was already in the building before we got here. That's not the only reason that he is Jaira making a way for us. That's not the only reason that he is Jaira already loving us before we even knew he loved us. The reason that he does all these things is because we are called to be conduits. We are called for him to flow through us. Jesus was the ultimate conduit. He said, if you see me, you see the Father. So therefore, he had to push his self back and say, okay, God, what do you want me to say? Who do you want me to heal? How do you want me to do this? He is the way we are supposed to live on the earth. As we start this new sermon series, literally, we're going to look at Jesus and say, okay, Jesus, how did you do this? Okay, let's do that. Because I'm at the point of my life, I don't want to spend the rest of my life doing what Lindsay wants to do. Yes, I love watching basketball. I love drinking coffee. And I love eating Hershey bars. But at the end of the day, if I have to push that stuff aside in order to see the, the, the county of Henderson County grow and know God and come to know God and love God. If, the, if, the, if God says, Lindsay, I need, you to, I need you to push coffee back for 21 days so I can flow through you. Okay, God, do it. Because I'm at the point in my life, I don't want to be a cul-de-sac. I don't want to get up to heaven and, and, and get up to the gates and, and God reads the Lands Book Life, sees my name like, man, I really hoped you would have done more, but still you're here. I'm so glad you're here. I don't want to hear that phrase. I don't want to hear the phrase of, I hoped you would have done more. Because that would, have, that would have mean that every ounce of my life was spent serving myself, pleasing myself, making sure Lindsay was good. 
making sure me and my family, me and my, my tribe was good. Me and my little family was good. Me, me and this church over in 2015, Old Jackson Road was good instead of Henderson County, instead of Lexington, instead of West Tennessee. Lindsay, why do you keep speaking Henderson County? Why do you keep speaking Lexington? Why do you keep speaking West Tennessee? Why do you keep speaking the region? Why do you keep speaking more people than yourself? Because that's the way we're supposed to think. That's the way we're supposed to see. That's the space. How many of you speak to your neighbors? They're literally the person that lives right across from you. The person that lives right beside you. If you don't, then guess what? Take these next 21 days and start practicing by speaking to the person that lives beside you. Well, Lindsay, the person that lives beside me don't like me. Well, guess what? You have the goodness of God, the glory of God, and the joy of the Lord. Therefore, you need to show them the joy of the Lord. Whether it's okay, if they don't like me, why don't they like me? Or better yet, they're probably not a happy person. How, Lord, give, give me wisdom, give me clarity on how to, how to interact with them in the right way so that they see you. Because that's being a conduit. That's the type of fast that he honors. That's the type of worship that he honors. I'm not saying you got to go over their house and just start singing, Jira. You and what do you do? I'm worshiping God. Worship with me. You worship with me, neighbor. I ain't saying you got to do that. Practice by getting to know your neighbors. Practice by getting to practice by talking to the employees that you or the coworkers that you don't talk to. And when I say talk to them, I'm not saying you got to read 50 scriptures to them, but I'm saying talk to them, get to know them. Get to know them. Watch this. Get to know them the way that the Father knows you. That's your challenge right there. Get to know the person that lives near you the way the Father knows you. And when they ask, why are you doing this? You say, because I am loved by God Almighty. He's the only reason I do this. Do you know him? No, I don't know him. How about take this opportunity to get to know him? And guess what? That's what being a conduit looks like. Well, Lindsay, I'm introverted. I don't like being around people. Well, I'm sorry, but God, that, that's, that, is a, that is a manipulation of the enemy. Because if you have the joy of the Lord, watch this, watch this, not even the joy of the Lord. The same power that raised Jesus from a closed grave, it lives inside of you. It is, it is what you breathe. It's what allows you to breathe and move and have your existence. Yeah, I love being by myself. I love having my me time. But at the same time, guess what? God comes first. And his mission of me being a conduit, that's what comes first versus my mission of me time and mental health and reflecting and, and watching this and, 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 and having my own sacred space. No, no, no. The problem with the nation of Israel in Isaiah 58 is their actions didn't match their pursuit of a holy God. And if we're going to sing how Jireh is so great and how God is so holy, then our actions need to reflect it. Our actions need to reflect it. Well, Lindsay, it's hard for me to fast certain foods because I'm on medicine. Okay, well, fast something else. Fast TV for a day or fast certain shows or fast, you know, TV at a certain time of day or fast, fast going out to eat or fast hanging out. with. Well, I, I joke and said, you know, fast mining, make sure you're fast. Uh, I, I want to, I, I want to, if I want, I will. I told Kelsey, it'd be funny if I said fast this, this. She's like, please don't. I'm like, okay. You know, maybe, maybe we should fast mine our own business. That's all I'm saying. All right. Boom, boom. All right. I did it. Yeah. Boom. Sweep around our own front door for the next 21 days before you get in somebody else's bucket, all right? But for real, make sure that your actions match the, the one that you are pursuing. 
you know, when I when I was dating Kelsey, yes, she she was sweet enough, but like I couldn't, I I, I would not dare go up to her with a Dollar Tree gift. You know, we was we was dating we, uh, from long distance. I remember she, uh, her and her mom came. I think it was to uh, it was to my graduation. And like the 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 idea for the date I had that I executed was um, <clears throat> there's this hill in Cleveland, Tennessee. There's this hill in Cleveland, Tennessee, and I remember I ordered takeout from this restaurant in town. This nice spaghetti dinner, bread sits, all this stuff. Had the candle lights. Had my boy Nick. I said, "Listen, bro, I've done a lot for you. You got to help me with this." So I had him go light the stuff. And then at nighttime we go over there, and this wasn't just a random mountain, but it was a it was a spot to where you can overlook and see all of Cleveland, and you can see the interstate and see parts of Chattanooga. It was pretty at nighttime. That wasn't a Dollar Tree idea. That was a big idea for me, especially a college kid. I ain't seen anybody else do that, so I'm like, here I go. I'm gonna try it. But you know why I did it? Because she was worthy of it. She was worthy. Of, I was pursuing her, and I wanted to show her, hey, this is what I think of you. What do you think of God? God, this is what I think of you. You know what? I, let, let me show you how I think of you. I'm, I'm going to set this aside. I'm going to, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus showed us the way to follow God. He said, Lord, th this is what I want to do. I don't want to do this. I don't want to get on the cross. I don't want to die for these people. I don't want to die. This is how I knew me and Jesus was related. I don't want to die. <laughs> They're going to beat me. They gonna put nails in my head, bro. Ask Kelsey. See, at, watch me when I get a cut on my finger, bro. It's all over. Shut the veins down, and we need to get surgery. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to. Listen, I have a, I have a, I have a, uh, I have two first aid kits in my mail cart. One that you know is like the generic you get from the store. Then one I've customized. And I remember I got a slice from an envelope, bro. I stopped that car. I threw hand sanitizer on it, wrapped that junk with the gauze, put the bandaid on, then wrapped tape. They're, they're going to crucify me, God. And still, he said, but not my will, your will be done. Why? Because I'm pursuing you and you're worthy of me putting my will to the side. You're, willing me, you're worthy of me putting my desires to the side. That's why we see the fast. That's the way we see every fast, not just the next 21 days, but whenever you fast throughout the year, if you fast a day, an hour, or three days, okay, God, I'm doing this because you're worthy of, you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of to the point that I can I, I can go without watching certain shows or I'm going to read these nets uh, 21 days. I'm going to take time to read multiple chapters. Why? Because you're worthy, God. Why? Because I need to turn the static of my life down. I need to turn the white noise of my life down. I need to know what it's like to be the right type of father. I need to know what it's like to be the right type of parent or what it's like to be single, what it's like to be married, what it's like to be waiting, what it's like to, to be in this stage of my life, what it's like to, to be the right type of employee or employer. Jesus shows us the way we're supposed to live. And that's why, and that's why we choose to fast. So I want you to understand fasting is not magic beans to get you to the boss level of your life. Fasting will not move God. It moves you. It moves you. It moves you.